0: Malachi chapter number three. Malachi chapter three. We're going to begin reading in verse number seven of Malachi chapter three. The Bible says this, even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? That's you know, an interesting verse. Here the Lord is trying to get a hold of his people he says you've even from your fathers this is men now a, a another generation that have have forsaken me you've forsaken my ordinances and 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 i want you to i want you to return unto me and the answer the answer is not yes lord we are sorry we want to return we know where we've done wrong what the answer was this Where did we do wrong where we go wrong where are we supposed to return? It's almost like they have gotten so far away from the Lord, they don't even know the right direction any longer. Does it sound like our country that we're in? They don't even realize what they're doing is wrong. The question then is asked when he says return, they ask this question, to what? Almost like what is wrong with what we're doing? Lord answers in verse number eight the question is asked this Will a man rob God? Could you imagine robbing God? Could you imagine that? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And he says this in tithes and offerings. In verse number nine, he says, You're cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me even this whole nation so god says there's a curse upon you there's a curse upon this nation because you've robbed me you've taken what belongs to me i want to preach this morning on this thought this topic will the man will a man rob god and how do you rob god how could you rob someone you know i believe this you could do it two ways one is you could take what belongs to someone else it's not yours and you go and you take what is not yours and you've just robbed that person or, or, or uh, someone of what rightfully is theirs. And the second way, and I think that's what he's talking about here is this, you keep, you keep what doesn't belong to you. You keep what doesn't belong to you. I don't think here in this passage of Scripture he's saying this, that that some have gone into the temple or into the house of God and gone to the offering plates and put their hand in an offering plate and put what was in that hand in their pocket and ran. I don't think that's what he's implying here, that the church house has been broken into and someone took what belonged to God. What he's saying is this, you haven't given God what is rightfully His. You keep it in your pocket. You spend it on what you want it spent. You're not giving God what is his. And he says this, will a man rob God? When I was growing up, I, my dad uh, was planning churches, and, and uh, we moved around quite a bit. We moved to Wyoming, and, and in Wyoming we were there five years, and we couldn't even see our neighbor. I look at pictures now, it was just desert, as far as you could see. And then we, we uh, lived in, in upper, upper uh, uh, state Michigan in Pelston, not far from the Mackinac Bridge. And, and there, the same thing. It wasn't desert, but it was just fields. And, 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 and we didn't have neighbors that lived right next to us. And then my dad has this crazy idea that he moves us to the city. So we moved to Philadelphia. And then we went from no neighbors to no neighbors to like 150 houses on one block. Row homes. Anybody ever see a row home? You know, your wall, your two walls are their two walls as well, you know. You can hear everything going on in somebody else's house. I'll never forget, as a young boy, getting into Philadelphia, getting into the city, pulling down this street. And I remember my mom saying to my dad, what are you doing to us? <laughs> that had alleyways, you know, between the houses and... From that very first night, I couldn't help but think that somebody was going to come in our back door, and every single night, I, uh, I remember doing this, and, and uh, my family remembers me doing this. I was so scared before we went to bed. I went to the back door, and I checked that back door several times before I'd go to bed, thinking that it's left open, and somebody's going to come in and rob us. I remember living in that fear. Thinking that someone's going to take something. I, um, pastor the church in Columbus Georgia in Columbus Georgia we didn't realize this until after we moved there but they are just they're thieves there there's a lot of people steal houses are broken into all the time. I remember the, the almost three years we lived there thinking our house is going to get broken into, and sure enough, wouldn't you know it, I get a phone call from at 3.30 in the afternoon from, a, from our, our alarm company. Your uh, alarm is going off in your home, and, and uh, I rush, get in my car, and I rush there thinking, what am I going to do when I catch this person in my home, and thinking of all the things I'm going to do to this person, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm uh, driving, driving into our development, and I look at our back of the house, and guess what? The door, back door is open. And boy, that feeling in my gut was, I can't believe it. Can't believe it. As I'm pulling around in the front of the house, the police cars there, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder what they took. I wonder what they got, and uh, hope they got the dog. I mean, I, I was wondering all these things, <laughs> hoping these things, and um, get in, and Police goes through the entire house. He's like Andy Griffith. I'm like Barney behind him, you know, as they're going through. and We go in. Sure enough, nobody broke into our house. My wife just didn't shut the back door. She set the alarm. The dog pushed the door open. and But I remember that gut feeling of somebody took what's mine. I worked hard for that. Saturday evening, one evening, late in the evening, we... Um, uh, Someone broke into our church there and stole all of the sound equipment. I mean, even the stuff that doesn't work, which is like half of the sound equipment in a normal church. You know, I mean, I remember getting there on a Sunday morning and they say, "Pastor, all the sound equipment's gone." I thought someone stole from a church. Like, who could do that? Sure enough, all through Columbus, there was churches were getting broken into. I thought, who could steal from God? Like, how could someone walk into God's house and take something that's God's? And I thought, you know what? Many of God's children do it every week. Boy, that thought of somebody taking something that belongs to you is such a sickening thought. But if we're not careful, we can do that to God in many areas. He asked this question, will a man rob God? And here in this context, he's talking about tithes and offerings. It's very simple. He says in verse number eight, wherein have we robbed thee and in tithes and offerings? But you know, Christian, this morning, I want to talk to you about a few different other areas. We'll get back to this, this uh, verse here in a moment. But I believe this, we can rob God in many areas in our life. And I believe this, we can rob God in many areas, even today while we're here, there's areas that we can rob God. Now, no one, I, didn't, I don't think, I would hope that no one got up this morning and plot and plan how they could rob God. How could, I, how could I get what belongs to God? But I'm afraid this, that we, just like this chapter here, they are robbing from God and not even realizing it because they're so used to living a life, so used to living in their sin, so used to living a specific lifestyle that they don't even realize it's against God. I thought this verse this morning, and I thought of some verses that uh, uh, areas that we can rob God. You know, every one of us came in this morning, and we should have been ready to sing. You know, the Bible says this in Psalm 717, we'll sing praises to the name of the Lord. In Psalm 9-2, the Bible says, I will sing praises to thy name. In Psalm 13-6, I will sing unto the Lord. In Psalm 18-49, sing praises unto thy name. In Psalm 21-13, so will we sing and praise thy name. In Psalm 27-6, the Bible says, I will sing, yea, I will sing. You know, we gather together this morning and God wants to hear us sing. God said to to sing a a joyful noise unto the Lord that we are supposed to take our voices and sing and praise Him and and, and sing to Him. He desires for His children to sing. And when we gather ourselves together and we come to this place and we worship the Lord, did you worship the Lord when we came corporately together to sing? did Did you sing this morning and give God what was His? Or did you hold on to something? Psalm 27, 6 says this, I will sing, yea, I will sing. In Psalm 30:12, to the ends that my glory may sing praises unto thee. In Psalm 47, 6, the Bible says, Sing praises to God. In Psalm 51, 4, and my tongue shall, shall sing aloud thy righteousness. In Psalm 59, 57:9, the Bible says, I will sing of thee among the nations. In Psalm 61:8, the Bible says, So will I sing praises unto thy name forever. In Psalm 68:4, sing unto god in psalm 71 23 my lips shall greatly rejoice when i sing unto thee listen to me all throughout the bible you'll find we are supposed to sing and worship the lord with our voice listen to me singing is not something that takes place in the church just to fill time Well, we need you to be here for an hour or an hour and 10 minutes every once in a while, an hour and 20 minutes. So what we need to do is fill that that void with, with something just to waste time. No, singing is a part of worship to the Lord. But when we sing how great thou art, when we sing songs that's recognizing the mighty power of God, when we sing songs about the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood will never lose its power, the blood that Jesus shed for me, when we sing about the cross of Calvary, when we sing how great God is, when we sing, we're supposed to lift our voices up. And when we stand there and we don't give the Lord what's his, we're robbing him of something that belongs to him. Do you know what I never find in the Bible? That you only sing if you're good enough to sing. Because, you know, if that was the case, most of us wouldn't be able to sing, right? But we're supposed to lift our voices, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Listen to me. Your voice, it doesn't have to be good by man's standard when you lift your voice up and you sing to a great and mighty, awesome God. He's pleased with that. When you hold it back, you're robbing God. You're robbing Him. But when the church house meets, when we come to the house of God, it ought to be the most beautiful sound in all of the world. Because so I believe this, we're just practicing for heaven. I was at a game last evening and, and uh, there was... I mean, the place was packed. I would assume 100,000 or more people were in that place. And they were singing songs together, singing about Ohio State. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know this song, but I'm thinking whatever they're singing, they really believe in what they're singing. In church, we can come to church and we can sing, How Great Thou Art, and never even open our mouth. Do you believe in what you're singing? I believe this. That's the way we rob God of what is His is when we don't open our mouth up and sing a joyful noise to Him. I remember when I was just a Young kid, second grade or so, the, my dad started a church, like I said, up in Pelston, And he had it with a fella, uh, Rusty Chatfield was this guy's name. And, and uh, he was a lot younger than my dad. And, and uh, he, uh, my dad had him come up, and he was going to uh, pastor the church. And from what I understand, he's still up there all these years later. And, and he'd stand in the front row, and I'd stand in the front row. And I would sing as loud as I could. And I looked over one time, and he had his finger in his ear <laughs> on the side I was next to. And I just looked up at him. I thought, what are you doing? So I sang even louder. (laughs) Afterwards, he brought me to my dad and he said, I need you to do something for me. He said, your son is just singing way too loud. I thought, I thought we were supposed to. No one told me yet that you're supposed to be quiet when it's time to sing. I'd matured yet as a Christian, I guess, to realize that you're supposed to soften it down. I was excited. I didn't care what we were singing. We were singing about Jesus. I was going to sing. Oh, Christian, I'm afraid sometimes we get to the place of worship in the Lord. It's time to sing, and we hold back, and we rob God. An unsaved person ought to come into the house of God and hear the saints rejoicing through song and say, I don't know what they have, but I want what they have. Oh, if someone came next to you and sat next to you in the church and and didn't know Jesus Christ, would they tell that you were a follower of Christ? Could they tell your passion for Christ? Could they tell your zeal for Christ? Could they tell your your love for Christ by how you lifted your voice up this morning and sang to your Lord, sang to your Creator, sang to your Savior? Could someone tell that you love Jesus by how you sang this morning? I'm afraid this we rob God. How have I robbed God? I've robbed God because when it's time to worship, I hold on to what belongs to Him. I believe this, if we're not careful, we can rob Him in our singing. You know, sometimes, sometimes secondly, I believe this, we can, wor- we can rob Him of when it's time to come to worship. Something else is more important. Hebrews 10.25 says this, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting uh, one another in so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'm telling you, all you got to do is take a newspaper and line it up with what's the events of Bible prophecy in the Bible and know this, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming back soon. And we're not supposed to forsake one another assembling together. We're not supposed to forsake exhorting one another. If anything, we need to come together more often now. If anything, we need to encourage the brother now. If anything, we need to make sure that our priorities are straight now and not forsake the assembling of one another. Don't let something else be more important than your worship to God. You know, I remember there was a day that Things didn't happen on Wednesdays because church was on Wednesdays, and things didn't happen on Sundays because church was on Sundays. And it seems now there's everything happens on Sundays and Wednesdays. And you know what the sad thing is? Christians are participating. Listen, if we're not careful, we look at the way the world's going and we get so upset that the world is just going uh, 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 violently out of control. It seems like there's no morals. It seems like you know like 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 they don't love the Lord. It seems like there's no Bibles anymore in public schools and no more prayer. Listen to me, church. I want to say part of that it's our fault because we didn't make it a priority. Yet God said this to his people anything you put above me is a God. Anything you worship more than me, it's a God. Anything that's a priority in your life above me, it is a God. And listen to me, we've put so many gods before coming together and worshiping the Lord together as a church. The smallest thing can give us an excuse, the lo- littlest thing could give us a reason. In Hebrew says this, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Don't look at it as an opportunity. How can I get out of church? Let's look for reasons to get into church and worship the Lord. But My friend, when we use opportunities and we take opportunities not to come together, not to exhort one another, not to encourage one another, we are robbing God of what's his. Acts 1.14 says this, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts 2.46 says, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Listen, it is important. It is our responsibility to come together as a church and worship the Lord together. He desires for us to worship Him together. But we've robbed God. Corporate worship. You know, another area I believe as Christians we've robbed God is in our praise. How many of you complained about something today? You don't have to raise your hand. One person, amen. (laughs) They just said, Daddy did. Did you hear that? Complained about my diaper this morning. Complained about not sleeping last night. (laughs) Amen. Amen. How many of you complained today? You know Hebrews two twelve says this in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Ephesians 1.14 says unto the praise of His glory. Ephesians one six to the praise of the glory of His grace. Romans fifteen eleven says this and again praise the Lord all ye Gentiles. In John chapter nine verse twenty four it simply says this give God the praise. In Luke nineteen thirty seven and the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. For all the mighty works that they had seen. Listen, we need to praise God for who He is. Christians getting getting into the the muck and mire of the things happening in this world and getting critical about the way the world's going. Listen to me, we don't need Christians that complain about everything, we don't need Christians that are critical about everything. We need Christians that'll stand up and praise God for who He is. You wonder why people don't want to be around you because you're critical wonder why your spouse doesn't want to talk to you because you're always complaining. wonder why you don't have friends because they don't want to get around that negative spirit. Listen to me. A Christian ought not have a negative spirit. A Christian ought to be one that's encouraging, that's exhorting, that's lifting up the name of Jesus. And when all those around him hear and see who Jesus is in his life, they want him too. Yesterday I was... uh, walked into a gas station, and there was a fellow there named Deep. That's what, at least that's what it said on his, his tag, Deep, D-E-E-P. So I said, hey, what's your name, Deep? He says, no, it's Deep. <laughs> He's from India. I said, yeah, Deep. He said, no, Deep. We went back and forth, and finally I just said, forget it. I thought I was saying it right. But what he was hearing and what I was saying were two different things. I said to Deep, I said, How long have you been in the country? He said, Three months. I said, This, do you know Jesus? You ever heard of Jesus? He said, Jesus? How about the Bible? Have you ever read the Bible? He said, The Bible? He told me he would Google it. I thought to myself, here's somebody that's been living in this country for three months. And no one's told him about Jesus. Here's somebody that's been living in this country and no one's shared with him the word of God. Here's someone that's in America. He's never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for three months, no one's shared with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to say, Christians, what's wrong with us? oh, we're complaining about this and we're complaining about that and we're upset about this and we're critical about this and we're fighting with this person about that and, and we're miserable in our life and while this is happening, people all around us are dying without Jesus Christ. There's people in our in our community that need to know Jesus Christ. There's people that want to know Jesus. There's people that, that we need to be a witness to but instead of singing praises and talking about how Jesus saved me and what Jesus Christ can do for you, we're complaining and being critical. I think Christian, we're robbed. God of our praises when we don't praise Him. We're robbing God. Listen, every single person this morning has something to be thankful for. I woke up this morning. In my house, there was a roof over my over my family that, that kept the rain out. There was heat on. there was five healthy children that got up this morning and there was food for them to eat. I woke up to a beautiful wife that, that loves the Lord that was helping our children get ready for church. And, and, and if none of that matters, you know, I woke up and I was saved this morning. I, I didn't lose my salvation last evening. I couldn't lose it. Satan can't take it. The demons can't take it. I'm saved for all of eternity. That is something to rejoice about. Did you rejoice this morning? Did you thank God for something this morning? If not, you're robbing Him. It's His. He's do it. It's his. It belongs to him. Christian, we need to praise him. We need to sing to him. We need to gather together and exhort the brethren. We need to praise him. And lastly, this verse in its context, he says this, where have we robbed thee? And he says this, in thy tithes and in your offerings. You know, it's sad every week. No armed men don't come in and by force take the offering that's been given and rob God? No, God's children willingly keep it in their pocket and rob God. You know, if there were men that would come in these doors here with guns and said, I want you to give me the offering, everything that you received this morning, everything you took up, I want you to take it. I want you to put in this bag. I'm going to run off with this. Every one of us would be appalled. We'd say, how dare somebody take God's offering? How dare somebody come into the church and rob the church and take everything that someone gave? How dare someone take something that belonged to God? But listen to me, His people do it every week. No, you don't have a mask. And no, you don't have a gun. You just have a cold heart. You just have a, a conceited heart. You just have a heart to think this, that I'm going to keep what God said is His. Listen to me. God didn't give you a suggestion. God gave you a command. And God told us to give of our tithes and of our offerings. And if we choose not to give what belongs to God, we have robbed Him. We've robbed Him. Do you know, church... We don't need more people to come to our church so that we can receive more offerings so our church can do more. I think we just need God's people to give what they're supposed to give. Do you realize this? In this church, there would never be a need. There would never be a need if God's people gave like they were supposed to give. Never be a need. Do you know this? There would never be something our church couldn't do for the cause of Christ. There would be more missionaries that could be supported. We could send more around this world. We could support more. We could give more. We could go more. We can do more for Christ. But we can't if people choose not to do what God has told them to do. They hold on to it. They've convinced themselves they can't live on what God told them they could live on. And so you hold on to what belongs to God, and God says, you've robbed me. Do you realize this? Singing is a form of worship. Praising God is a form of worship. Giving is a form of worship. We don't do all these things just so that we can get to the preaching and just so that you can hear a a message. So we fill everything up. We have announcements. We have singing. We have an offering just so that you know we could just do some things. That's all part of worship. It's a part of giving God what He's due. It's time to sing. I'm going to lift my voice up and I'm going to sing to the Lord. It's time to praise Him. I'm going to thank Him and praise Him. I'm not going to be critical. I'm going to make it a priority to come to the house of God. And when I'm there and when I'm singing and when I'm praising and it's time to worship Him through giving, I'm going to give him what is his and not hold anything back Christian are you robbing God today? have you robbed God? on this Lord's day, have you robbed God? did you hold anything back? When it was time to sing, did you rob God? Opportunity to praise or complain, did you rob God? Are other things more important in the house of God? Have you robbed God? When it was time to give, did you rob God? Did you hold anything back, Christian? Listen, so I understand. I see the same thing you see. I realize in, 10, in nine or ten days from now, there's an election that's taking place, and in our country, people are so concerned with our country. I, I'm telling you this I'm more concerned with the state of the churches in America than I am with our country, because I know this. If our churches will turn back to God, our country will turn back to God. But we as Christians, we want to stay in our comfort zone. We want to stay where we're at. We want to live a life we choose to live, and we want God to do something in our country to bless it, to turn it back around. Church, it starts with us. Starts with us. If God's people, God's children rob Him, why are we so concerned with what the lost is doing when the saints are doing wrong themselves? Consume. I'm consumed with this thought of thousands of churches across this country closing every year. I find myself driving through Toledo, looking at buildings that at once were churches that now are vacant buildings or now have for sale signs on them. And I wonder, when are we going to wake up, Christian? Have you robbed God?